Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And Second Chronicles 5, 9 occasion. Second Chronicles 5, verse 13 and 14. Second Chronicles of 5, 13, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard and praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endures forever that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God so far. Amen. If we could look once again at those verses in Isaiah and see in the prophet Isaiah an imperfect picture of the Lord Jesus. And by contrast, we see the Lord himself high and exalted. In chapters 6 and 7, we see the beginnings of Isaiah's ministry. And it was a powerful prophetic ministry as he spoke to the people of Judah in a time of decline, a time of coming judgment. And we know if we had the time, we could dig into the book of Isaiah and see glorious pictures of the gospel, glorious pictures of the Lord Jesus hidden in his prophecy, that it's only after the cross that we truly comprehend the depth of. But I'm struck by this calling of the Lord on Isaiah's life and how in some ways it shows us a picture of the Lord Jesus and his coming ministry, but Isaiah falls far short. So maybe we can just read just a few verses here. Our brother Ken brought before us the first few verses where in verse one, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. That's the vision he was given. And when did it come? When this beloved king died. And so Isaiah's attention and focus up to this point of his life was on this earthly king. But God took that king away. And when he died, it seems that Isaiah was probably wondering what was coming next. And it's as if the Lord said, you've been looking at this earthly king. Now look at your true king. And he turned his eyes to the heavenly vision and showed him just how much, how high, how much higher he was than any earthly king could ever be. And Uzziah might have had a train. He might have had a glorious robe. But when Isaiah looked up, he saw that the train of the robe of this king filled the temple and in fact filled the whole earth. It says in verse 4, the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And so this is a confrontation with true glory. The only way Isaiah could respond is by saying, woe is me, for I am lost. I am undone. Or it's almost like um, I'm unraveled. You know, if you've ever had a picture of, uh, for those of you who have ever knitted something or crocheted, you grab the end of that thread and start pulling it. You know how desperate you get. The whole thing begins to unravel and become nothing. And this is how Isaiah felt when he was confronted with the glory of God. It's like he was a sweater being unraveled from the bottom up. I am completely undone. Why? Because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And so he couldn't respond even with praise, because of his uncleanness. And this is where the picture falls short of the Lord Jesus, because the Lord Jesus is a man of clean lips. He's one who needed no consecration. He's one who, um, as we read in Hebrews, didn't need to offer a sacrifice for his own sins, like the priests and he was able to fully hear the word of God, unlike these prophets who were imperfect. But where we see a picture of the Lord Jesus is in verse 8. Because in verse 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, go and say to this people. That's the Lord Jesus's willingness. Here I am, send me. You know, we were singing this morning, uh, giving thanks to God the Father for sending the Son. But we give thanks to the Son as well. Because he said, 
here I am, send me. Send me into the midst of this sinful people. Send me into the midst of a people who will reject me and who will uh, turn away from me. They love the darkness more than light, but nothing can keep me from coming. <coughs> nothing can keep me from coming into that world of darkness because I love them and I want them to be where I am. Look at Isaiah's message in verse 9. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. What a superior message the Lord Jesus brought. Isaiah brought a message basically that said, your time is drawing to a close. Your ears will be dulled and your eyes, your vision dimmed. Because this is the time of judgment. But look at the end in verse 13. There will be a remnant. Though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. And look at this mysterious line, the holy seed is its stump. And so Isaiah's message was a message of judgment. The axe is at the root of the tree. But the Lord Jesus brings a message of hope. And even in Isaiah's harsh message, there is a prophecy of one who is to come. And so it's in that very next chapter, chapter 7, that Ahaz, in verse 10, calls for a sign. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. And that's where we read in verse 14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, shall call his name God with us, the same God that Isaiah saw in the throne room. How can that God dwell in the midst of this kind of people? That's a great mystery. How I mean, even Isaiah himself, a man of God, felt completely undone in the presence of that holy God. And so he may have given this message to Ahaz, but I'm sure Ahaz was saying, how can God ever be with us? How can he dwell with us in the midst of a people like us? But that is the glory of the gospel. The Lord Jesus is that son. He is that sign, a sign of God's intention to pour out his favor on humankind. And so we give thanks that the Lord Jesus was willing to say, like Isaiah, here am I, send me. But the message he brought was a message of peace, a message of reconciliation, that all men's hearts might be turned to God and find there, not an angry father who's bent on destroying them, 
but instead find there a loving God reaching out his hands again and again to a stubborn, obstinate people saying, turn to me and live. And so we just give thanks for that message of the gospel. We give thanks for the Lord Jesus, whose name Emmanuel means God with us. And he dwells with us still. He's here in our midst. He is here, moving in this place, and we worship him. He is here, dwelling in our midst, and we worship him. What a blessing it is to know him. What a blessing it is to see, uh, not only to see his glory, but to know his stooping love, that he would stoop down to us and lift us up to raise us from the dust. He took that burning coal himself so that we could be purged and set free. He prayed in that high priestly prayer, for their sakes I sanctify myself so that they can be with me forever. What a glorious Lord we worship. We give thanks for him. Amen. 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 Amen.